Hello and welcome to This AFL Life. I am your host, Alison Smanoff, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Rachel Hibbert. Hello. And Susan Cabin. Hi, Al. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> it's been 7,000 hot minutes. <laughs> uh, but we're, we are coming to you, well, not live. Um, for our final show of 2021. We just wanted to put a full stop on the year before we launch into, is it season six of AFLW? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, Hiba, how are you going? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been asked this question a fair bit lately um, by the people I haven't seen in six months, by my mother um, and just by people in general at the pub. Um yep. Which has been really nice. But I think any time someone asks me how I am in December, the overwhelming sense is overwhelmed. (laughs) But I'm so excited to be here in person and talking footy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, all in all, I'm really well. Really well. Yeah. What about you, Caddy? Yeah, I mean... Like many, I've spent the last six months just uh, making friends with all my neighbourhood cats and dogs and um, that's all that I've spoken to. <laughs> uh, so it's been a real readjustment, re-entering real life, but it's exciting to have footy back. We're back training, AFLW is about to kick off. You know, it's the silly season. Melbourne's really starting to come to life. So, you know, I think... Again, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm doing pretty well. How about you, Alison? Look, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so <are> we. <laughs> no, it's um, it's been an interesting year. Like, uh, I think we got to the end of 2020 and we thought we're not going to have to go through that ever again. And then we did. But we've just been to dinner at the pub, and you came back into my apartment complex with me, and you saw me say hello to all of my neighbours. Oh. <laughs> That was like walking into um, what I imagined a 70s sitcom was when they walk down the street and it's, you know, you're like, hello, Mary Jane. Hey, Shelly Jo. So a really nice development that's happened for me uh, in lockdown is that I've become friends with lots of my neighbours. It's, um, it's a really nice little community we've got here and that has seriously has been one of the things that got me through. Could we turn it into a TV show? Absolutely. Interesting. I can't wait to see the character developments. Well, I've lived in this complex for a while and in my old apartment, I actually named the Wi-Fi Melrose Place because this complex actually does look a little bit like Melrose Place. Definite Melrose Place vibes. Yeah. Hibber, you might not know that reference. You're a bit before your time, mate. I was like, I'm with you, Elle. I'm I'm with you. That's not the neighbour's street. That's not... Norris um, Place was before 90210 and I think even 90210 was probably before your time, so... Yeah. It, wait, it was a show. It was a show. It was a TV show. It was like a 90210 spin-off. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And there was a lot of a lot of drama that happened the around a, a complex that had a swimming pool yeah. in the middle, much like this one. Can't wait to see it. Oh, Hib. Yeah. You got no idea, mate. After I've finished with Wentworth, I'll I'll give it a crack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's aged really well. <laughs> so, footy, what has been happening in the footy world? Caddy, you came prepared with some notes tonight. I'm very impressed about this. This is the one and only time that I actually <laughs> spent 
three and a half minutes to write down some thoughts <laughs> before a podcast. I'm sure it's really hard to tell, but I usually do this on the fly and I'm full of, you know, very uh, in-depth, detailed wisdom. But no, I just think like from the end of last season to the start of this season. Sorry, my dog has found her squeaking toy, so I'm not sure if the mics are picking it up, but she is very happy with herself. Yes, she's trying to take my thunder. <laughs> um, But yeah, there's been so much that's happened since the end of the last season. It's, yeah, it's been it's been a kind of big, big time in the world of AFLW. I want to jump in for one second and just talk about AFL because I don't know if we did do a podcast after the Melbourne Demons won their premiership. No, we didn't. No. And how exciting it was to see all of the footage from the weekend when they took the cup back onto the MCG and to their thousands of fans and just how much that actually meant to people. And uh, I can't wait to kind of carry that energy into the AFLW season because it's it's rare that we have football in Melbourne in December, but these people are hyped up from the season that was. And it could hopefully reverberate into January, which is a mere four weeks away when the season opener is. Yeah. And could Melbourne do the double? Do the double. Surely. Surely they're up there. Maybe we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. I'm tapping wood. Yeah. <laughs> So there's been there's been a few issues floating around now. Um, like the AFLM AFLW brought brought in a vaccine mandate uh, that I'm sure all of us here hundred percent support. I think a good thing, Hiba, you just said off air um, about the mandate is that you know there have been positive cases through throughout preseason training, but because most of the playing cohort are vaccinated. You haven't had to completely lock down and not train. Yeah, and we, you know, we saw the likes of the Giants have a case uh, after travelling to Melbourne and then going back to Sydney, and we don't know where that case came from, but it just meant that they could go about their business and keep training, uh, regardless of what state they were in, uh, and to live their life as normally as possible um, with this thing that's going around affecting everyone on a daily basis. So. Uh, it's it's just nice to see that we're able to go about our daily lives now and get on with footy training. And if we um, are found to be positive, we're, you know, in isolation and we're doing our bit for the community. But it's really, really great to see that most of the teams, uh, for the most part, really are, are, are on the track and training. Yeah, because uh, it has that flow-on effect to state leagues and also community footy as well, doesn't it, Caddy? Yeah, I think it. I mean, I think my position on vaccinations is pretty clear, but I think yeah. when you're thinking about broader community, it's really important that um, large organisations who have a really uh, far-reaching impact like the AFL make these mandates, um, make the decision early and make them really clear because I think there's no room for questioning it and I think that Ultimately, it's about keeping the community, both the AFL community and the broader community safe. So I think that the way it's been dealt with with players who have chosen not to be vaccinated at this time has been really good. They've just put them on the non-active list. And um, I think for the most part, the media's left it alone. They just left them alone to um, respect their decisions. But 
that the clubs and the AFL aren't bending, they're not bending any rules for these. Like it's very, very clear. There's no grey, there's black and white, which I think is important. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I'm actually due for my booster quite soon. That just blows my mind about how much, I can't quantify time. I can't. I know. I can't do it. (laughs) So something that I came across back in October was um, a post by Tori Groves-Little, who plays at the Gold Coast Suns. And they actually, on their Instagram account, came out as non-binary. They put up a post saying, normalise checking gender pronouns, mine is they, them. And I just wanted to give Tori a shout-out because I think that's a really awesome thing to do. And my plea to AFLW journalists and commentators is to respect Tori's pronouns. So when you are calling a game, please use they, them. Do you think that it will provide, that it will open up opportunities, not just at AFLW level, but for normalising gender non-binary people in women's football? I think so, and I hope so, because I know there are clubs like uh, like ours, like Darabin and uh, West Brunswick, make a focus of using gender-neutral language when talking to players. And, you know, like women's footy has traditionally been a really safe space for queer women, but I think the next step that we need to take is to make it a a safe and inclusive space for non-binary folk. It is definitely going to take a certain level of education. I know for myself that I have friends who are non-binary and it, it... I have bitten my own tongue because I'm so, what's the word, conditioned. I'm so conditioned to use uh, the the gender pronouns of she, her and he, him. Um, so it will take a certain level of education and certain care for commentators. And I, I forgive slip-ups, but as long as it's recognised that there are people playing AFLW who do identify as they them then I think that's the most important thing is just to acknowledge it and to and to to normalize it and just like a hot tip to commentators or anybody who's referring to pretty much anyone in your life just use their name if you can if you're unsure of someone's pronouns you should always just use their name and I think like if we all start thinking that way it's much more respectful of people's pronouns those who may move um, across pronouns in particular, um, I think that, yeah, that's just something that we can think about a little bit more. I To your comment, I do think it will open the door for people to be more receptive and open about not just their pronouns but their sexuality and all of the things that come with that. And that's one of the reasons that AFLW has been so uh, exciting and welcoming and not just pride round, but everything that comes with the competition. So this is just another step of AFLW really breaking down some barriers and making waves in places that we we didn't think would really happen this soon. I just think AFLW has got a, a real opportunity to lead the way. I know at the Falks this year, you know, we, we really did make a focus of using gender neutral language and it was interesting watching like then watching coverage of women's sport and hearing 
gendered language, it was actually really jarring. So, you know, on the one hand, it, it is actually really easy to change a habit um, if you're if you have people that are encouraging you to be accountable of the language that you use. It is actually, you know, it is quite easy. I just think that it's really, I think it's almost like it's very normalised for AFLW players to talk about their sexuality. But I think gender is uh, not something that's previously been talked about. And I think it's really nice to see that it's a safe enough space that this conversation is happening and publicly. And I think that is just a really another fantastic thing to highlight about if like, I guess the space AFLW has created. Yeah, 100%. How do we feel about the fixture? I haven't even looked. I'm excited. There's a whole bunch of new ovals that haven't been used before. And I understand, like, through necessity, this is the case. But I say go for it. Like, bring different people along to the footy. Expose people to AFLW. You know, take it to different places. I think it's great. And I think, like, with the 14-team comp in a 10-round season, like, the fixture's never going to look as you really want it. But, yeah, I think that they've got the blockbusters in there. I know Al has an issue with the opening game <laughs> being in Frankston. But I'm, like, all for it. Why not? Well, look, my sister lives in Frankston, so... It- It'll be quite handy for me because I actually will be able to walk from her house to the ground. But it's just, I'm just thinking of all the whole women's footy community that I know that live in the inner north. Like, how are they going to get to Frankston? And work till five o'clock on a Friday. Like, how am I meant to get to Frankston by 7.15 after work? Get your head out of the inner north, you two. (laughs) There is a world beyond here. I have to go across the river. Here on Saturday. And Sunday. So you need to just get a bloody clue. That's fair. Sorry, Caddy. Where are they going that they've not been before? What are you excited about? Well, the Giants are playing at a a new ground. Mm. So are the Suns. Um, I know the Doggies are also going to play a game in Ballarat. Yeah. Do you know what? They freaking love footy in Ballarat. Oh, I my God. Yeah, I would they do. maybe do a roadie out there to watch that game. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah. My first game of football for points was in Ballarat. Bendigo. Was in Bendigo. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wrong B, mate. It was up a highway. Damn. What? I'm going to tell you the story anyway. was in Bendigo. Did it snow? It didn't. But we got beaten. By 111 points. <laughs> and it was on the ground the size of the MCG. And it was Division 1 NFNL women's footy. And I think we had like 70% of our team had never played a game of football before. And we came up against the Bendigo Thunder who had just been dropped from the VWFL. So we're really freaking good. And then the next time we played them at AH Cat Reserve in the last round of the year, we beat them by 12 points. What a turnaround. That is that is a huge turnaround. And we celebrated like we'd won the premiership. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Grub cried. <laughs> uh, Al, in terms of the fixture, I actually haven't even had a chance 
to think about it because I can't quantify time as we've already discussed and I can't get over the fact that it, it'll be New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and then there's a game of football five days later. Um, in saying that, I will be at every game I possibly can that is at Arden Street because it's around the corner from my house, an Icon Park, which has got this new fancy new refurbishment, which we don't know if it'll be ready by then or not. But it won't be. No. Right. Not I'll be close. at Icon Park anyway. <laughs> That's why there's only day games at Icon Park this year because new lights are being installed and they're not ready yet. Well, to be honest, the night games at Icon Park were shit anyway. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm okay with that. But the new uh, the new light towers are looking yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. I had a little peek the other day. Also, had a kick of the footy on... Park yesterday, and the the ground is looking very good. They've redone their crappy old uh, um, benches, so I'm excited to see some footy down at Vic Park. I think that they'll get some good crowds there. I might go to Sydney and see a game as well. That'll yep. be fun. Yeah, look, I, I have to admit I haven't studied the fixture just because I'm so paranoid about making any plans. <laughs> 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 I'm a bit uh, a bit gun shy after the last couple of years, but. Like, it, it seems pretty reasonable to me. Yeah, I think it's a reasonable fixture. I think it's taken into consideration where teams were at last year. And let's be honest, I don't know if any teams who are near the bottom are going to be making any huge strides. <laughs> um, so I think it's really reasonable to try and balance out the sort of top teams playing a little bit more than the bottom teams. like. But I think, I think it's pretty fair. I think teams getting a reasonable amount of, away in first home games and, you know, all things going to plan if it goes to plan, that is. So, yeah, we'll see, hey? Yeah. And I'm just glad that I don't have to do any organising of the fixture and dealing with border <laughs> restrictions and getting in and out of WA. And uh, That actually brings me to a question I was going to put to both of you is what do they do if WA slams that border shut and or another state has an outbreak. Do they go into a hub? What happens? They get the WA teams out. Yeah, they'd have to take the WA That's teams what happens. out. Yeah. That's the next thing that happens. And what if another state gets shut? I don't think another state will shut. I mean, the only state that would possibly shut would possibly be... Queensland. Queensland or, or maybe SA, but... Just hypotheticals here. Yeah. Because like you, I've got that shyness about making any sort of plan and so I look at the fixture and I look at the dates and I'm like end of February that feels like next millennium but I'm I won't be against a hub I think it I think it's only fair that the Perth team's hub for <laughs> sake like <laughs> how good have they had it I mean after what the Giants had oh to go through Lord. last year like, holy moly. Even actually just looking now and seeing that the first, I think the first four rounds, the Giants are on the road again. It's like, we spoke about this the last two seasons that we've done this pod. But, hooly dooly, they're at it again. Oh, well, just thinking about how close-knit the team are from all that time. This all that travelling. They'll just take it in their stride, though, the Giants. They, they generally do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I had a few thoughts. Because I remember last season, before the season started, I had a little bit of a rant <laughs> about this trend of 17 captains in a team. 
And I've just noticed this year, I mean, I know not all the teams have announced their finalised leadership te- teams, but do you think that there's been a bit of a diversion back to the old school model of a captain, vice captain, and then maybe a couple of young up and coming leaders? Because that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. And I'm looking at you, St Kilda. Oh my God. <laughs> four captains. Like who would have thought four captains wouldn't have worked? <laughs> who would have thought? I just, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. I, was, I just, as the announcements keep coming out, I'm like, oh yeah, they're very clear captain, vice captain, leadership group, which I'm all for. Yeah. I just think it's too many voices and it doesn't work. And I feel like, I don't know what it was about last season, but I maybe it was just an overreaction, but I just felt like it was just taking the piss, some of them. Yeah, I think... I think we've talked about this before on the show and you and I are very much tra- traditionalists in captain, yeah. vice captain. But yeah, there were a couple of teams that really just kind of pushed the envelope. Yeah, definitely. Look, I'm all for trying new things, particularly some of the newer teams. You know, you're trying to build something and maybe trying a few things. But I think like giving experienced leaders the sole role is important for a team. And I think... This year there's been a bit of a changing of the guard, particularly like Brisbane and Fremantle have had significant experience and leadership step down. Yeah. But I really like the people they put in their place. I think that they're, they've gone with true club people who maybe not the, um, the most flashy players but are obviously good leaders and I think that that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that – external image versus the internal image needs to be put into consideration. So, for instance, uh, Bree Conan in Brisbane is obviously seen as quite a leader in that camp, but because she's, like you said, not a flashy, uh, zilky player, people wouldn't have necessarily known about her. And, yes, she's probably also not in the Victoria bubble, which means we're probably a little bit naive about her full scale of skill um but from listening to Lozanel talk last year as well about Brisbane and what their success was uh she was singing all the praises of Conan just because she she led from the front and she led from underneath and she led from the side and everywhere so and the likes of Hayley Miller at Frio as well same thing just very very good footballer and by all accounts very very good person so it's about time yeah, changing of the guard. And I don't know how old she is, but I know that Hayley Miller's not that old, but she has just been playing footy forever. <laughs> Honestly. It's like when they do those interstate teams and they look back at 2013 and there's little baby-faced Hayley, Hayley Miller. Miller. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think um, I can think of one example of a player – oh, no, two examples, I think – of players who've recently either moved teams this season or last season who've now been elevated to the leadership group. Um, Harriet Cordner at Richmond um, and one of the Hoskins, I can't remember which one, <laughs> sorry, um, coming in and making such an instant impact alongside Katie Brennan. They're in a team that really needs that experience coming in. Um, and I think even at the Giants are surprised to see Chloe Dalton move up there and then get moved straight into the leadership group, which 
seemed unusual, but there's obviously something. There's obviously they're looking for something in these players, this experience and leadership, and really understanding what it is now. I think maybe six seasons in, it's becoming a bit clearer about what is needed at AFLW clubs. So, yeah, I just thought uh, for me, it just seems like a bit of a different uh, story around like the leadership teams that were announced this year. And I, I mean, I was all I'm all for it. So, also love again how many captains are returning just the old favorites the Chelsea Randalls we've got Steph and Bree at Collingwood again Kez Harrington at Carlton exactly and I think Alicia Eva's doing a great job at Giants like there's just a whole lot of good news stories too with just some of the old old hands just doing what they do as well and they're not getting moved along in a hurry which I think is really important as well one more thing I just wanted to talk about um, in a bit of a um, maybe pre-season point of note. You know, I've always got my eyes on the coaching and there's just been a little – I think we had a – remind me, oh, did I have – did we rant about this on online or was this a at-the-pub rant about AFL M players taking over well-deserved coaching positions from women – I don't know that we've actually been on the record with it. It's either been in our rather explosive uh, group chat or at the pub over many beers. <laughs> well, I guess I just I just like to say that um, I'm still a bit disappointed about the AFLW coaching head coaches, I suppose, for this season. However, noting the new teams coming through, we definitely know we're like we're going to have at least one more female if not more coaches coming through um but I did want to highlight that there's been a from my point of view a real shift at the VFLW and other state league levels of yep. actually having women in head coach positions which I think bodes well for the future and I can't f-ing wait for them to show AFLM players with absolutely no f-ing coaching experience how it's done that's all I don't want to, though, um, negate, I suppose, some really excellent male coaches who we have seen, though, make some really great changes, like Craig Starsevich up in Brisbane and um, Berkey at Western Bulldogs. But so here are there coaches who have been in the women's system for a really long time. That's not the ones I'm talking about. There's yeah. heaps of fantastic male coaches who are trying to do themselves out of jobs. They're trying to set things up and bring women in and let and then so they can step away. They're not the ones I'm talking about. There's plenty, like, and I agree, like, particularly the ones you've named, like, there's plenty of great ones. But what I'm talking about is opportunistic, recently retired AFLM players who've had no experience in women's footy coming in and taking over. Like, it just feels wrong to me. I don't know them personally. They may be the best coaches in the world, but I'm just talking about from an optics point of view. Totally. It's a bit disappointing. So we've got some uh, questions that our loyal listeners have sent in. God, we love them. Thank you so much. Oh, one of our faves. I think they've been waiting. I don't know about you guys, but I get regular. When's the next pod coming? <laughs> I don't have that many friends. <laughs> I don't have, man- have many, but they seem to be regular <laughs> listeners. I... I just want to say, I want to put on the record, Caddy, your friends are absolutely rabid about this podcast and I love it. (laughs) 
Jeez, they haven't got much of a life, have they? <laughs> okay, one of our favourites, Row 87 What were our fave draft and trade highlights? Well, I'm going to jump in. I mean, obviously, I'm pretty excited to see Georgie Prasparkas for the Cats. But I also think Taylor Harris to Melbourne is a good result for everyone. I agree. And I might be providing some insider knowledge here only because I have connections. Hi, Gab. (laughs) (laughs) But by all accounts, it's going really well. And it's probably the change of pace and the change of drive that Taylor needed to maybe, one, enjoy the game again and, two, be in a team environment where she could flourish. Um, Because I think the road for Taylor to go from Brisbane to Carlton, she was drafted as a high-profile trade. And so maybe it felt like an easy move, whereas this has been really difficult to to move across in terms of there was a lot of media backlash, there was a lot of, I guess, talk about whether she was up to it and that she might not have performed as well as she had previously. So, heck, yeah. Yeah, well, I think... I mean, by her own standards, like I, I don't think she had a, a, a strong year at all um, this season. So her stocks were probably down a bit. So I think if Melbourne can get her back to her best footy, it's only upside for them. I wanted to say change is as good as a holiday, but we had a lot of change this year and it wasn't as good as a holiday. Yeah, but <laughs> there is such a thing as too much change. change. Yeah. What about you, Caddy? What were your draft and trade highlights? Oh, I've got a trade one for you. Rocky to Bulldogs. Oh, yes. How do you think that's going to work? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how she fits in. I'm not sure either, but they do like to press up and kick over the top, and I think that will suit Rocky. Yeah. Loves a boot. Yeah. Probably suits her style of footy. Better than Geelong. Hard to know with Geelong because they kind of lost their way a little bit. But, yeah, I'm just – I mean, I'm excited that Rocky gets another chance. But I just – when it happened, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, that was the one for me in the trade. There was a few um, interesting moves, but that was one for me that uh, that came a bit out of left field. Wait, was she drafted or traded? Because she got delisted. I think she was a free agent. Oh, okay. Yeah, anyway, regardless, the move. Interested to see how it works. I think for me, uh, the Giants had a couple of trades and free agents, which were interesting for me. I think Chloe Dalton, for one, was a large trade. Jazz Grierson up to the Giants. Yes, Jazzy. Jazzy G. um, And... Katie Loins as well, all going north. Uh, I think they each bring a very, very different contribution to the football scene and different styles of football. So I think the Giants did win win a few good cards there. The other one that I am really interested to see and I can't wait for is Chloe Shear at Geelong. Mm. So Oh, good one. Yeah. She's come across from Adelaide who, as we know, are quite strong. So it'll be 
a really, really good challenge for her to see if she can bring some standards from Adelaide to Geelong and learn a heap from the likes of Meg Mack um, and and the other the other coaches at Geelong as well. Um, so that'll be really interesting. Okay, next question. Mitch Dot Banner. Hey. Will the D's win the flag this year? Well, congratulations, Mitchell, on watching your D's win a flag. I hope that the AFLW Melbourne coaching team go and drink the Kool-Aid from the men's coaching team and just ask what on earth they did to get out from under that uh, curse. (laughs) What do you think, Caddy? I mean, I think like every year the D's are right up there. It kind of feels like, you know, Daisy's there again. Is it maybe, I think we said this last year too, but is it kind of like the last role? They've got Taylor Harris coming in. They've got a really good, good looking list. They've really turned it on last season. I wouldn't be surprised if they're right up there. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope for their sake that they are. I know. I they deserve been, it. Yeah. I think for for five seasons they were considerable contenders and they just never quite got over that last speed hump. Uh, so I'd really like to see them reap some reward. And how exciting would it be to have AFLW and AFLM team both holding a premiership at the same time? Like that would be pretty freaking cool. Yeah. So good. Awesome. Okay, so these next two questions are kind of similar, so I'm going to group them together. So, um, friend of the pod, Wendy Pierce, uh, will you be making your early predictions with regards to AFLW? And welcome back. Thanks, Wendy. Oh, thanks, Wendy. Thanks, Wendy. Um, and L. Clark Fitness. Oh, here we go. I'd like predictions for the season. Flag winner. Oh, it's a very early call. So are we are we answering who we think is the flag winner for that, or are there two parts to the question? Well, I think early predictions and yeah, L Clark Fitness wanting flag. So maybe we just predict the flag winner. Let's do it. Ooh, I'm gonna just say Melbourne. I'm gonna say Collingwood. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm right on the edge of Freo Collingwood. Frio's list has not Ooh. changed very much, and they have been and every pretty year, good. Every year. <laughs> and we've just forgotten about Brisbane again. <laughs> no, but Brisbane have won, so we like we've forgotten them. Yeah. Someone new. We <laughs> want someone new. Yeah. One and done. Thanks. Not that we're underestimating Brisbane at all, but we want someone new. Someone new. That's that's the only reason we're done with underestimating well, Brisbane. You know how much I love Collingwood, so. Hibber, I'll let you have that one and I'll go Frio. So we have a bit of diversity. Okay, so Collingwood for Hibber, Melbourne for Al, Caddy, Frio. Honourable mentions to Frio and Brisbane. Frio's already been mentioned honourable by me. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> not Frio, Adelaide, I was going to say. I, I'm not sure about the Crows. And you know how I love the Crows. But I was looking at the um, list today and... and I reckon they've lost a fair bit of experience this season due to a number of reasons. And I'm very interested to see how what happens at the Crows. Yeah. What are our thoughts on Carlton? Well, I'm very, very <laughs> excited about Dally 
Yeah. Uh, That's one we probably should have mentioned in the trade. Yes, probably. We just forget. <laughs> She's back home, so, you know. Part of the furniture, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I almost cried because um, Dally has taken the number two Guernsey, uh, which means that her locker is next to Darcy's. Oh, oh cute. I can't get enough of it. And they're just loving each other sick, <laughs> and I just love it. So we've got Darcy, June, and Dal, and yep. Maddie Guerin. Yeah, at the Blues. So the Carlton fa- Falcons then. Little, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just not mentioning Carlton because I just want them to fly under the radar a little bit. We can do that. Okay. Yeah. Accepted. Um, actually, we do have one more question before we get to the Would You Rather's. Another good friend of the pod, Scooby Dot Snacks. Oh, no, don't ask this on air. Round one of AFLW is the same week as Scooby Snacks' birthday. Oh, I was going to say. Discuss. I knew, I knew the birthday question was coming up. You know, Scooby Snacks is real dirty because no one's ever here for their birthday. Well, we'll all be here for their birthday. Well, <laughs> only, we'll because be the only because the AFLW is on. What date is their birthday? The 8th? I feel like it's the 8th. Um, well, I just think that's bad luck, Scooby Snacks. Sorry, mate. Too bad, so sad. Moose if will be no there. one's ever here for your birthday, what difference does it make if everyone's <laughs> at the football? It means you never get older, mate. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, Hibber, do you know what time it is? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't quantify time. It's time for... Would you rather? Okay. This is from, I think, long-time listener, first time... What? Would you rather poster? <laughs> Tash Phipps. Oh. Tash. Hello, Tash. Would you rather get AH cap tattooed on your neck or change your name to AH cap? <laughs> Casey Fields at Casey Fields. Uh, would you say R A H Cappy? I mean, Cappy sounds like Caddy. I reckon I'm going the name, to be honest. Yeah, you could be, and you could be Ali Cappy. <laughs> I'd have Al and Cappy. Oh, we're all changing our name. That's yeah, it. I think, yeah, I'm changing my name. I'd get a tat. <laughs> on the neck? On the neck. Where would you get it? The front, the side of the back? I reckon the back of it. Yeah. On Yeah, the, right, the, here. Yeah, right on the yeah. right on the T intersection of my <laughs> of my neck. Great. Yeah. Can't wait. Thank you. Okay. Um, Scooby Snacks has uh, oh, yeah. provided a would you rather as well. It's busy, busy, uh, busy, busy afternoon street at, uh, <laughs> at Scooby Street. <laughs> would you rather end your footy career by max suspensions or from an off-field discretion? Indiscretion? Discretion. Would this be uh, <clears throat> something to do with the fact that Scooby Snacks is a Collingwood supporter? And uh, one Jordan Degoe is in a little bit of strife currently. There's a, there's a part two. There's a part two to the question. So part two, why would you be suspended and what would you be your off-field discretion? You're really stretching the would-you-rathers here, Scooby. There's been a lot of thought. Can I just say thank you for the thought that you put into that Scooby Snacks? Jeez, I'm glad I bought them that beer earlier. What? I kind of feel like I would want it to be an off-field indiscretion. I think I'd be the opposite i'd be max suspension time like punching someone or an umpire or something i think it'd be for public 
indecency. <laughs> and it would probably be me winning a premiership and then taking off all my clothes and doing a mudslide in the nude only to then probably be told never to come back ever again. I do hope you haven't seen your future. I kind of do too. Yeah. But not for everyone else's sake. <laughs> what a way to go. Um, I'm such a straighty, I don't know. What do I want to do? I mean, probably off field because I'm just such a wuss on the field. So I don't reckon I'd do anything that would be. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I have witnessed <laughs> one Susan Cadman. A uh, bit of a goal, goal line tussle. <laughs> I'm a bit soft on field. Yeah, but if you don't give me the f-ing ball, then I'm going to get for it, aren't I? <laughs> Maybe that's what will do it. Maybe someone won't give you the ball back and you'll accidentally shirt front them and then write them a letter to apologise. Actually, you know what? I'd probably be an on-field suspension for this. Happens, I think I talked about this before. This happened to me once. Um, in a rep game, I was doing the kick out at fullback and um, nearly got taken out by the goal umpire flags, waving through the point. I reckon that I might accidentally uh, run through the goal for goal umpire on the way back to the field without looking or something, you know, haven't got my glasses on or something like that. <laughs> so, you know, something tame. I'd be very, very tame. I would never do anything wrong off the field, obviously. Never. Angel. Just glasses of water and... Bed, uh, in bed at nine. Yep. Most I know nothing else. Yep. Well, I think that's about all we've got time for. <laughs> Three hours of content later. <laughs> no, actually, I do have one more question to pose before we finish up. Um, this is the last show for 2021. Mm-hmm. What is your AFLW Christmas wish? I would like an uninterrupted AFLW season to go from start to finish with a final and for no one to be flown around the country in hubs and all of whatever happened this year. That would be my Christmas wish. My Christmas AFLW edition wish would be to see the games on free-to-air TV with... Good commentary, expert commentary from ex-AFLW players, current coaches, really, really intellectual AFLW watchers like us, I think, you know. Very really, intellectual. Really <laughs> intellectual. <laughs> really intellectual. I want to I see and hear some real smarts. <laughs> um, no, but in all honesty, I'd just love to see more football around while it's on and see it advertised and see it on my telly and hear it on the radio and see it on at the pub. That would be my wish without having to ask to have it turned on. Yeah, because I, you know, I love the WNBA and I watch the playoffs and it's just so good. Like the platform it's given, it has all the bells and whistles around it that the NBA has – and I just want AFLW to be covered in the same way. Is that your wish? It's not my wish, oh, but I'm just but adding, thank you. I'm just giving some yes. extra Christmas cheer Spirit. to your, to your, Fluff. my, my Christmas wish, actually, it's very specific. I want Nina Morrison to get through a season injury free. Yes. That's all of our wish. Let's be honest. Yes, please. 
because like the mullet she's rocking at the moment is absolutely epic. It's insane. Just it's worth being on TV all the time. Yep. We do love a mullet here at this AFL Life. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Uh, but on that note, we are really going to wrap it up this time. Thank you again, everyone, for all your support this year. Um, it's been a tough year, but it's been fun to connect with everyone and just share our love of footy. Uh, but if you want to connect with us over the little break, yeah, get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram at The Safer Life. But we will see you after round one of the A4W season, which is just weeks away. Goodness, can't wait. Can't wait. Stay Same. safe and happy holidays. Right. Merry happy Christmas. Holidays. See ya. Bye.